This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Alan Small, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so we have seen interest rates on the rise, and it looks like they will continue to rise. So what does that mean for people's portfolios? Well, I think it means, I guess, different things for different people. Uh, If you're, uh, you know, someone that is relying on income, someone that is relying on low-risk investments to provide that income like bonds or GICs, I think over the long term, it's going to mean higher interest rates and uh, higher interest paid uh, to on your money. So if you're someone who invests in GICs or bonds, you have probably noticed that rates have gone up a little bit over the past few years. Now, not nearly, unfortunately, as fast as it, it, you know, mortgage rates are going up. So if you're borrowing money, that seems to be going up a little bit quicker, interest that is being charged on, uh, to you. Uh, but still, nonetheless... Uh, you know, I'd say interest rates on bonds and, and GICs are still moving higher. For those that are in the stock market, well, I believe the stock market, at least initially, can continue to move higher as interest rates move higher. But it, once it gets to a point where interest rates uh, get high enough, that is usually a deterrent for investors. And we tend to see the market sell begin to, to sell off as interest rates get above a certain level. So for those investing in the stock market, not necessarily a good thing. For those investing in the bond market or fixed income, over time, I think it, it can help. How much do you expect interest rates to rise here in Canada over the next year or so? Well, I think uh, Bank of Canada has given us every indication that they're not stopping. And uh, even though I love to see them stop, uh, I believe that there are a lot of risks out there and that the Bank of Canada should maybe pause. So I think we could see at least another two rate hikes next year. Uh, we'll see what they say uh, after the first one. Uh, I think it's all going to be data dependent, uh, how much uh, inflation, if inflation is rising in this country. Uh, jobs data, I think, makes a difference. Obviously, the mandate of central banks is to keep inflation under control and full employment. And so that's what the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve and all central banks look at uh, to see if they should be raising rates or not. But how much do you think rates will rise over the next year? Well, as I said, I think in Canada, we'll see at least a couple of rate hikes. Uh, I think we could see more if if the data continues strong. And in the U.S., I think we could see as many as two or three hikes at the very least, maybe even four. But percentage-wise? Oh, percentage-wise. I'd say on a, uh, each time they raise, they tend to raise a quarter point at a time. So maybe another 50 basis points here and another maybe three quarters to a full point in the U.S. Okay. Uh, but if you're looking at investing in fixed income, that's still not going to make it attractive enough. I mean, you know, if you get two or three percent on a GIC, that's eh, not very good. Not very good. Yeah. If you're someone looking for growth, uh, I've I've written blogs about this. Uh, you know, GICs over, over the long period of time, if you go back many years, unfortunately for investors, GICs don't help grow wealth, don't help you grow your portfolio. Uh, they at times can help you maybe maintain your portfolio. So make enough to keep up with the standard of living, even maybe after taxes. But very rarely do, do these type of vehicles actually help you grow your portfolio. And so if you're looking for growth, you almost have to be into the markets in some capacity. Okay. So uh, 
he, we've seen a big drop in oil prices, and that certainly affects the TSX. Absolutely. Uh, the TSX, 20% of the TSX is made up of energy. And when energy is struggling, the price of oil has dropped from the mid-70s to the mid-50s on WTI. Uh, the price of energy or oil here in Canada is sitting somewhere around $17 a barrel. So uh, a pretty big discount from, from, from the oil coming out of the U.S. And so when you have these kinds of falls, you have energy stocks struggling, that's definitely going to affect not only our stock market, but even our dollar. And we're seeing our dollar sitting in a, you know, between 75 and 76 cents. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the price of oil. So how should people adjust their portfolios in light of that? Well, I think overall right now, um, I've been underweight energy and oil for quite some time. I believe there's a lot of oil out there in the world. And, and uh, you know, I know President Trump has said many times that he believes that the price of oil is manipulated by a few different countries, whether it be OPEC countries, Russia, etc. And I agree with that. I think the price of oil is manipulated. If, you know, if the Saudis or the Russians want oil to be at a higher price, then they just announce a production cut. Uh, but if they were to all produce at their regular capacity and they were to produce, you know, they don't have to push it, just produce at a regular rate, I think the price of oil would be even lower than it is today. And so the reason why oil has gotten up to 75 recently, I think it's because of the production cuts that they've announced. And keep in mind, they're talking about production cuts again to get the price up from 55, maybe back up to 70 again. Okay, so again, what is what should we do with our portfolio in light of that? I would say, in my opinion, I think that if you are going to own oil, and I say you should for a nice diversified portfolio, but I wouldn't be overweight oil. I think that the price of oil is kind of range-bound for a while. Uh, I think that if you're going to oil, own oil stocks, own something that pays you a dividend, maybe something outside of Canada, like a British Petroleum or a Total out of France. These are paying 5 6% dividends. And I think while you wait for the price of oil to work itself out, you at least can make a nice dividend while you wait. Okay. Uh, what are some stocks that uh, are on sale because of the pullbacks in the market recently? Well, that's a great question. And I think the answer to that in general is pretty much right across the board. Everything seems to be on sale, to be honest. You know, you're looking at more than half the stocks that trade on the S&P 500, the largest index in North America. Half of those stocks are trading at a discount or, or off from their highs by more than 20%. 70% of the technology sector is down by more than 20%. From, so, so everything, bank stocks are down. If you look at our Canadian banks, for example, here, you know, Royal Bank is trading somewhere in the mid-90s, got as high as 108. So you're looking at about a you know, 12, 15% haircut there. A lot of the banks now that are trading on the TSX, uh, a big sector for the markets here, the biggest market, our biggest sector in our market here, and probably the most owned sector for investors in, in Toronto and Canada, is, is down right now. And I think that's an area maybe you can start looking at. Uh, if you once own these bank stocks or you continue to own, maybe you add more money to them because they pay great dividends. Those dividend rates have gone up because their stocks have pulled back so much recently. And how important are dividend stocks in a portfolio, particularly for someone who's older? Well, I think for everyone, uh, dividend stocks are extremely important. We know statistics tell us that more than half of an investor's returns over time come from dividends. And so when you consider that, you know, how do you structure a portfolio? Well, it's always a great idea. You want to buy a good quality name, but if that name can also pay you a good dividend, what's a good dividend? Three, four, five percent. I think that's a recipe for success. So dividend uh, in any portfolio 
in my opinion, is, 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 is a necessity. You know, as I say, over 50% of a person's returns come from dividend and dividend pairs. A- any other tips on what we should be getting into or getting out of, uh, given the current, you know, crazy state of the market? Yeah, I think right now, I think in general, I think investors want to take a look at their portfolios. You know, along with their, hopefully their investment advisor, we know that those who have an investment advisor over the long term tend to outperform those that don't. So hopefully, you know, someone who's the people that are listening have an investment advisor. And what I would suggest is take a look at the names you have today. Are they working? Will they continue to work in a rising interest rate environment, uh, an environment that has lower oil prices, an environment, uh, unfortunately, that has trade wars going on? Do they still make sense? If not, there are a lot of options out there right now that are cheap that you can move this money into. And so I've been rearranging portfolios now for, for the last month or so, moving out of names that I think no longer work, at least right now, and moving into names that I think will work in the future. And I think that's what all investors should be doing. Okay. Alan Small, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.